0: Hello and welcome to Cycling Talk podcast with me, Jordan Mahoney. Remember, you can find my podcast on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music. And I'm also on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Today, I'm joined by former professional British rider and two-time Junior Road World Champion, Lucy van der Haar. Thank you for joining me today, Lucy. No problem. really looking forward to it. <laughs> what's your first memory of being on a bike so my first
1: memory is probably racing around our yeah I'm not even sure what it was it was just in our old house that we used to live in with my family we had like a really safe kind of area that we could race around and I remember I think my dad said I was like two when I learned how to ride a bike without stabilizers just because it was so yeah, easy to just ride there, um, and that's what I love doing, so I think that's probably the first uh, memory, just racing around uh, <laughs> racing around the streets.
0: Do you remember the first bike that you were really excited about? The um, first bike, I, I think I do, because I remember
1: I was like, yeah, when I just started the road, I was on a bike, um, yeah, it wasn't a mountain bike, it was like a bit in between, a mm-hmm. uh, road bike and a sort of cyclocross bike, and I remember um, getting my first road bike, and it was it was actually a Can- Cannondale. It's funny because now I'm working with them now, but it was actually a Cannondale with pink flames, pink sparkly flames, and yeah, that was like honestly, it was like a dream come true getting <laughs> that bike. So that was uh, yeah, my first kind of uh, memory or yeah, or a bike that I got really excited about getting, yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Can you tell me about your first race? My first race? Oh. That's yeah, because I
1: started mountain biking but that quickly um changed onto the road. Mm. But I can't really remember actually my mountain bike race, but I remember my first road race and I think yeah, it was around Mallory Park and um we had to race with the with the guys and I remember I think the first lap I just got dropped and I carried on. And then I think I went across the finish line crying and I said I was never, ever going to ride a bike again. Uh, but every week I seemed to go back there and do it. Uh, but no, that was the first first time, yeah, or first memory that I had of my first race. Yeah, and that was when I was probably about eight. Yeah, I think I started racing when I was about eight years old.
0: Did you join a local club or team?
1: Yeah, so I was part of the Leicestershire Off-Road Club and that was pretty much my whole um yeah my whole kind of under 16 uh yeah racing was with that with that club and that was brilliant like we used to go uh to the club room and do roller sessions and off-road sessions and just anything really every Sunday there was a club run and I think those club runs well not now because of corona but I think they're still going on as well so uh yeah, it'd be nice when I go back to the UK to, to go on one of those club runs again, even though I'm not sure I'll be able to keep up now. But uh, no, that was, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, my first, my first club and they were great.
0: Yeah. So am I right that you did some cyclocross when you were sort of learning to do a bit of racing?
1: Yeah. So I, yeah, I started off with mountain bike, but like I said, that quickly kind of um, switched over to the road and I did until I was yeah until I turned professional I was doing actually road track and cyclocross which was great I really really enjoyed doing all uh, three of them but I think it just got to the point after uh yeah juniors i yeah it was hard to do all three and I had to make that decision kind of which one I wanted to do um but no I think yeah I really enjoyed cyclocross and like now I still go out on the well, on the mountain bike now because I really enjoy going off road.
0: What sort of training were you doing and who were you training with when you were younger?
1: So when I was younger, my coach was um, Dan McClay's dad. So he's now a professional road cyclist. So he was my first coach. And then I moved on. Now, I've had quite a few coaches actually going through the programmes on British Cycling um but my last coach I have yeah a lot to thank for really just because she had a lot of yeah she believed a lot in me and i I struggled a little bit um yeah in the middle of my career I'd say to find a lot of motivation and she really brought that spark
0: back do you remember the first time that you raced outside of your region first time um I'm not sure I can't remember
1: actually I think I remember just from a young age I was always going everywhere to do races Mm -hmm. so I remember we did like the Knots and Derby Cyclocross League and also the West Midlands Cyclocross League and yeah my parents were brilliant they supported me and yeah wherever there was a race they brought me to it so that was uh yeah so amazing because then I could just race uh, everyone competing in the country
0: yeah very supportive yeah can you tell me about your first national race So my first national race I think that must have been
1: probably a cyclocross race as well actually the national series that I used to get involved in Um, but I feel like everyone that was kind of doing the regional races were also doing the national races so I think for me that felt yeah it didn't maybe didn't feel a massive step but I remember my first international race and that was uh, the youth tour of Assen. And I remember coming there and that was really like, wow, this is uh, like a completely different playing field. It was crazy, actually, like the peloton was massive and uh, yeah, everyone riding so close together. And yeah, that I remember that really clearly. But I ended up doing Assen for yeah quite a few years, actually. Mm-hmm. So uh, no, that, I think that was brilliant, actually, to do at such a young age because it got me used to riding in a peloton and uh, straight away uh, international peloton. So that was good.
0: Can you tell me about the first time that you represented Great Britain and how it made you feel?
1: Yeah it, it was such a privilege. I remember just re- getting all the kit and it was so exciting uh, to get all of that and I think yeah I, th- I think it was also on probably the track actually that I first re- represented Great Britain. I feel like now I, yeah it must have been on the track and yeah you're kind of then thrown straight into the deep end because it's just like racing with sort of all these different countries but it wasn't really yeah proud moment because you're representing yeah your country and just having that jersey as well was uh, an incredible feeling to wear that.
0: Were you on the development program?
1: Yeah so I went through pretty much I no I didn't I wasn't on the academy um but I yeah I went on talent team and then I went on to the development program and that was kind of when um yeah that was when we went to the world championships and the Mm. European championships um and that's kind of where it all started actually and that's when it all yeah made me realize that I like the road uh, the best out of all of the disciplines
0: yeah you mentioned going to the world championships and you won the junior worlds in 2011 in Denmark can you tell me about that week? Yeah, it was actually
1: it's really quite surreal. It just felt when I think back now, it just almost feels like a dream, like a complete like it almost didn't happen because it was, it was a complete dream come true for me. Cause obviously I'd raced against a lot of Dutch riders and a lot of Belgian riders. Um, but coming sort of together just for this one race and then having everyone in the whole world competing. You just never know how you're gonna do. And obviously I trained really hard for it and I knew that my shape was going to be good and kind of the finish suited me. Um, but yeah, to win it was just never in my mind, I never thought that was possible. So uh yeah, when I came across the finish line, yeah, completely shocked. I think most of the finish line photos is just like pure like, isn't yeah, am I really crossing the line first? So yeah, it was an incredible feeling and my dad and my granddad were also there as well so that made it even more special because my granddad yeah he doesn't normally come that much to the races so I always say that he's my lucky charm because he was there the year after as well which I won and uh,
0: yeah that was
1: amazing to have them there
0: oh that's really sweet yeah how did things change for you after you won that I think um especially yeah after the
1: first year it's kind of amazing that I could wear the rainbow jersey but it also felt like well I put a lot of pressure on myself then because then it was kind of like right now I've got to keep this up and uh in my head I just thought right I've just got to try and win as much as possible and I think definitely leading up to the second world championships um yeah I was so so nervous I remember just being in the bus before going to the start line and I was like almost in tears I was that nervous because I just yeah it was no one else putting pressure on pressure on me sorry but I just put a lot of pressure on myself um so yeah I think for me maybe the second world championships meant a little bit more just because um yeah I was able to back it up and that was something that yeah I was really worried about doing and I was really pleased that I could do that again and then yeah after that everything kind of changed and that's when I could get my first pro contract and whether I was gonna leave the UK or not so early. And that's kind of when the whole uh, this whole journey started after the, yeah. the Worlds.
0: So obviously, as you said, you defended your title the next year and you also became the European champion. That must've been an amazing year for you.
1: Yeah, that was definitely incredible. And um, yeah, the Europeans was also amazing because yeah, Lars uh, was also there and we'd only been together yeah, not very long at that time so it was really nice to have him because it was in uh it was in Holland the European Championship so it was really good to uh have him there cheering me on as well so that definitely helped but no it was a brilliant year and I, yeah that definitely helped me um, yeah secure my first uh, professional contract which I'm really grateful for. How did you and Lars actually meet? So we met I'll let him tell you that his his story but no we met really on Facebook that's kind of how uh how we met each other we just sort of because he was a world champion at the time as well and then we just got got speaking and it kind of all went really quickly we started Skyping and then he came to the UK for a week and then that was uh yeah that was where it all started and we've not we've yeah we're nearly together nine years so uh yeah
0: (laughs) Um, You've also had some track experience and you won the scratch race and the team pursuit in the European Championships. Can you tell me about that? That
1: was amazing. I think as well, definitely um, to win the European in the team pursuit was really special because we did work really hard for it. And that's something, you know, that British cycling have always pushed to do quite well in. So um, for me to win that and also to share that moment with other people as Mm -hmm. well, because it it's really nice that we could all sort of wear the jersey and compete together but no it was it it was a really really nice feeling but I think for me it was just my heart was still set on the road at that point so uh yeah it it's just yeah it definitely gives a different feeling off to say winning the worlds on the road just because I'm so so passionate about that. In
0: 2013 you started riding for Argos Shimano cycling team how did that come about? so I think
1: yeah after I won the second world that's kind of when it was like right now I need to kind of decide what I'm going to do and um yeah like I said my passion and love was for the road so it was kind of like right you you need to decide if you're going to stay in the UK or make that jump and kind of move to Europe and try and try and make a career out of cycling and that's yeah I mean I, I think I spoke to a couple of teams and I came to uh, Holland and yeah me and Lars went spoke with Argo Shimano and yeah it was brilliant they were really supportive and really wanted me on the team and that, that's kind of uh, how it all went how it all started and I was with them for for three years in the end.
0: Can you tell me about your first professional win and how that felt? My first professional win was in China
1: and I think that was also a moment where I, I yeah I couldn't really believe that it happened just because it was my first year and I'd kind of gone into the team knowing that I'd you know be more of a, a domestic rider and riding for other people and then suddenly I got this chance in China to sprint for myself and um yeah everything just went really well you have some races where you have a lot of bad luck but that whole race just seemed to run really smoothly for me and uh yeah that was that's a memory that I'll yeah never forget because it was a great feeling to uh yeah kind of move from the juniors and then get a win uh in the seniors
0: what are some of your highs and lows of your professional career oh that's a tough one actually I think my highs
1: have been I think recently in terms of um results like Tour of Dubai was like a massive high for me in my career just because mm. I felt like I was a little bit of a point in my career where I wasn't really sure whether I wanted to sort of continue or not and um, yeah I worked super super hard to be in shape for that race and I was really pleased that I could um, could finish that off for the team and kind of finish that off on a high for my own uh, career and another high as well for me is just be, being able to have been in the same team as my sister, Grace, because uh, it's really nice that we've been able to share that journey. And I always say, like, I was so, so thankful to have her in the team at some point because, yeah, it's just always nice to have your sister. Of course, you have a great bond with your teammates as well. But yeah, sister's is always a different thing. So it was nice to sort of go and travel the whole world with her and um, Lowe's in cycling. Um I think probably one of the biggest sort of lows that I've had is just having that kind of pressure of coming from the junior to the senior ranks. And I've said this in previous kind of interviews before that, you know, people expect a lot from you. People were, yeah, they know that you've won and were successful as a junior, and then they expect you to do that kind of straight away. And obviously you have riders that can do that as well. Um, but I just needed more time to settle. And I think that was probably one of the, yeah, the lows in my career, just because I, yeah, that's when I started not to really enjoy cycling anymore. And as soon as I thought of concentrated on myself and um, yeah, kind of ignored the comments around, then uh, that's when I really felt uh, comfortable again, racing and on my bike.
0: Was being with your sister in the team easier to sort of being away from home? Did you cope with it a bit easier?
1: Yeah, definitely, like, she was really, like, the best support that I could have had, and obviously, like, we've been, yeah, we've lived with each other our whole lives, but since moving to Holland, we've become so, yeah, much closer, and I think as well, just having, having her stay at my home between the races as well, like, it made everything a lot easier, so, and I mean, yeah, we've done so much travelling, we've travelled to China together, and just doing those flights with your sister is amazing
0: so you're 26 and you recently won the women's Dubai tour why did you decide to retire from racing
1: yeah it's it's yeah it's been one of those things that's been in the back of my mind for a, a few years actually and I think every time I've kind of just said oh I'll just carry on you know for one more year when really I kind of knew myself that I was done with it I was Yeah, I was ready to stop, Um, but I am really pleased that I did continue with high tech for two years because that was, yeah, for me, it was really great to finish in that team because they gave me so many chances and I could really enjoy uh, racing. And I think, yeah, I already had in my head that I was going to stop after, after last year so I thought, right, now you've just got to give everything you've got. This is it now. Like all those winter trainings when it's horrible outside, like you've just got to push through and really, you know, this is it. And, yeah, to to win the tour of Dubai in my last sort of year was, was incredible. And, yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better better end to everything. So, uh, but, no, I'm, I'm really pleased that I've still... I'm still happy with the decision because now I watch the races and I love watching the racing but I don't miss it at all so I'm uh yeah I'm pleased that I made made the right decision
0: yeah. (laughs) When you were riding the women's Dubai tour how was it different from the riding that you've done in Europe? Um
1: I think the well the peloton was definitely a bit smaller and I think the racing as well was just different it's quite I mean I felt like it was quite similar to the racing out in China like the roads were really big it was often really flat um a bit of wind and that's kind of what suited me the most as well so I always yeah I've always enjoyed racing in China just because the racing yeah suits me and we kind of knew that as well going into Dubai that I could do quite well on a few of the stages so um not everybody was there so I mean the peloton was also yeah smaller like I said Um, It's, yeah, a bit different, but uh, sunshine, no rain. (laughs) It was probably one of the, yeah, one of the nicest races I've been to, actually. Like, it was really incredible. It was a really nice hotel, and we all got treated super, super well. And I think, like, there was obviously um, Dubai had their own sort of national team there. So I think for them, it was brilliant to sort of race against European riders coming out as well. And um, I think on the last day, so for the overall sort of ceremony, I think it was like, I think it was the president's like brother was there giving out the the um, the trophies. So it was a really, really big deal. And uh, yeah, it was nice that it was also broadcasted.
0: So I've been watching a lot of women's racing online and on the TV this year, as the coverage seems to be getting better. How do you feel the sport has changed over the last 10 years?
1: Yeah, it has changed drastically, and especially since I've started as well. Like, I mean, yeah, I was professional for eight years, and even from the start of that, like most of our races were kind of less than 100 kilometers, and now they're really pushing it, you know, kind of 150 kilometers. That's like average kind of now for women, and also, yeah. The coverage is a lot. And I think that it is getting better. You know, obviously it'd be nice to to uh have a bit more live coverage rather than just Mm. highlights, but I think, you know, all in its own time. And I hope that in the next few years that it that it kind of gets better. And I mean, I feel like Cyclocross is leading the way quite a lot in that. You know, Mm. every weekend there was the women's races before the men showed, you know, the prize money was equal and start money and everything like that. So I mean that's that's brilliant and I hope that sort of the road can can go in that direction as well.
0: Yeah can you tell me about Hope Against Cancer and what it means to you? Yeah so Hope
1: Against Cancer is quite local to my parents home they're based really close to there and yeah we've lost people to cancer you know in my family so for me I already you know had a as soon as they said would I like to work with them and and uh, be an ambassador, then I was like, yes, straight away. And yeah, it just means a lot because they're so keen on just beating cancer and putting the research behind everything. And just, yeah, how, how they, they say it really well now, I forgot it. They, they want to beat it instead of just managing it. And that's what all of their research and the charity is about, um, just
0: beating cancer. And that's something close to my heart. I understand that you have a new role as a coach and director sportif can you tell me about that
1: yeah so that's really exciting actually i hope that the racing can kind of kick off um out here in europe and that the british riders can come over here because their plans was to you know race in assen so i mean that's still on the calendar but you never know how it's going to go but for me my role will then be um supporting them and going to the races uh, out here and when I'm, whenever I'm back in the UK as well to uh, go and support the race, I think yeah, I really enjoy that because I think it's so important as well. To, or I hope that I can pass on some experience from what I've had. And uh, I mean, I yeah, cycling's a massive part of my life, and I'd never kind of, I won't yeah, I'll never put it behind me. So it's great to be involved um, in cycling this way.
0: What are your hopes for 2021 and beyond?
1: So, um, I'm now working with Cannondale, so I'm an ambassador for Cannondale, so that's great because uh, hopefully in the summer I'll be sort of taking, um, yeah, groups on rides and sort of promoting Cannondale and I've also just recently got um, involved with Assos, the clothing as well, which is a dream come true because that was honestly like the first pair of shorts I ever bought was Assos, so uh, to be wearing them now is incredible and um yeah I do nails that's my job now so I'm a yeah nail technician so that's what I'm doing daily now um so I mean it's a bit different to cycling but it's something that I've always loved doing and uh yeah I thought why not let's try it and see if I can make a job out of it and at the moment it's going really well so that's uh, that's nice.
0: <laughs> Where do you consider home now? I think
1: oh that's a tough question um I think the Netherlands yeah I mean I've been here for nearly not yeah eight nine years so yeah it's such a yeah big part of my life that I've spent here and obviously yeah settling down and also having having um, my job here as well like it definitely feels like home but I do always love going back to the UK because I mean that's yeah that will always be home but the Netherlands feels like home now.
0: Do you speak Dutch then?
1: Yeah I do yeah I do speak Dutch so like when I have clients over and stuff like that then I'll speak Dutch but mostly at home I still speak English I'm a little bit lazy but uh, no I do speak Dutch but it is a really really hard language.
0: Do you get a chance to go back to the UK very often? Normally, I do. Normally, I go back
1: to the UK quite a lot, but because of everything that's going on, it's been yeah one year now since I've been back. So that's a really long time, and I am missing everyone in the UK because mm-hmm. I'm like yeah, I'm the only one that lives here out of my family and friends. So yeah, as soon as I'm allowed to come back, then I'll uh, I'll be coming back. So I hope yeah around summertime, but it just depends how everything goes with Corona. But yeah, yeah. I'm just luckily we've got FaceTime, so that's good. <laughs>
0: Tell me something that people might not know about you. Oh, Yeah, that is a tough
1: question. Something people might not know about me. I was trying to, I was going through the questions with Lars and I was thinking, what is something people don't know? And I feel like actually, I've, there's not that much that people don't know about me. I mean, one thing that I have said previously, but maybe people haven't heard is that I used to ride a penny farthing before I got into um modern bikes or road road bikes so I was in a veterans bicycle club and my parents were both part of that club and my dad rode a penny farthing and yeah for like my eighth birthday I got a penny farthing and that was like yeah really cool to do I mean we were all <laughs> dressed up in the veteran clothes and uh went out riding together so uh that was fun
0: <laughs> wow that's very good yeah yeah it is
1: different yeah <laughs>
0: what's your favorite race you've ever done? My favorite race oh there's so many because there's so yeah so many different courses
1: but I think probably the most favorite was doing the women's tour just because it was in the UK and because I've been living in you know I live in Holland so going back and racing on kind of home roads and having my family at the side of the road cheering me on and one year we actually went past um my front door, which was incredible. So that was that's probably always my favorite race.
0: What's your favorite race to watch? Oh, that's a tough question as well. But I think I
1: like watching the classics season. So mm-hmm. kind of this period now mm-hmm. and um, you know, like Omloop at Newsblood, Flanders, but I also love watching, you know, Paris Roubaix, just the ones with a lot of cobbles and uh weather's bad and rain like I mean it's hard racing but watching it is uh, is really nice to watch on tv
0: where do you like to ride for fun where do I like to ride for fun oh that's
1: a good question I mean I really like I said um before like I love riding off-road and especially around here like there's so many um amazing off-road courses that you can do which are incredible and i think also italy was beautiful like i'm not a hill climber but just riding on those climbs was incredible and just the views at the top were really nice so i think that's also somewhere that i'd want to go back in the future to ride there who's your favorite current rider my favorite current rider oh that is hard i'm gonna be biased and say amy peters just because she's my best friend so she just wouldn't the NOCA of course in Belgium and yeah she's incredible so uh, I'm gonna say her.
0: (laughs) Who's your favourite rider of all time?
1: I think my favourite rider is probably Marianne Vos just because she's done Mm. everything she's done road, track, cyclocross and ever since I started cycling she's someone that I've always looked up to and to even be able to you know be on the start line with her just felt incredible and I have so much respect for everything that she's achieved so yeah she's definitely still I'm a big fan of her yeah
0: yeah what's your advice for young riders
1: I think the advice that I'd give to young riders wanting to race or race internationally is just try and keep it fun especially you know it gets it does get serious you know when you're not when you move on from the junior ranks to senior ranks so just try and enjoy it as much as possible and really just soak it up like a sponge all the races all the experience and I think as well like I'd also advise everyone to try all the disciplines because I think cyclocross really helped my bike handling skills on the road and also like the speed on the track also helped my sprint finishes and just things like that and I think yeah when you can kind of mix it up a little bit um yeah the motivation and the fun uh stays so I think that's probably what I'd uh, advise young riders to do.
0: You've got five minutes before you head down to the start of a race, what's on your playlist to get you motivated? Oh it's so hard, it is a hard one because I love kind of all music but I think
1: one song that I always listened to was by Eminem, Lose Yourself and that just always got me super focused and I knew that once that song came on, that was it now. That was the last song and then it was to the start line. So that was a song that got me motivated.
0: Thank you for joining me today, Lucy. Thanks for having me. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Let me know who you would like me to interview next. See you on the bike.